everybody, I'm Rob. I'm Jesse. Welcome to Glitchy Pancakes. We'll talk about the world of fandom. And today, we're actually going to talk about fandom. We're going to talk about fandom in your lives. We're going to talk about the, the impact that fandom has and the therapeutic effects that fandom plays in, 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 in a multitude of things that we have. Yes, fandom uh, as going. therapy. Ways fandom to, as therapy. Ways that it is helping us get through this crazy-ass situation that we're in and ways that uh, it's helped us get through other times in our lives because that's a pretty interesting thing right there is, uh, you know, for most people, you know, you're using the things that you're a fan of, whether it's, you know, reading books or watching anime or whatever it is, that's this probably isn't the first time that you've used that as a way to get right. through a tough situation in your life. Most people it, uh, you know, that happens as kids, but, uh, if you want to start out, just how you been doing, Rob, what's going on, man, I have been dealing with a stomach issue for the past couple of months. Oof, uh, it's probably, uh, anxiety, but it, I think it's progressively getting better. That's good. Um, that's good. I think I also might've stretched my back out or something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, Dealing with these things, I've had some tests. Some tests have come back pretty good. Some little few irregularities, but it's nothing that's not out of the you know out, out of the normal, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of significant stuff has happened since then, but you know, your stress is 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 a, is a bitch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like know. this whole situation is creating a lot of not not you, but it's <sighs> probably creating a lot of hypochondriacs out there because it, well, yeah, sure, everyone's I mean, yeah. just. I know I'm like I've become hyper attuned to any like I mean I have the slightest right. little cough and I'm like what you know I need to call an ambulance exactly. what's going on here right and you and and and, and most most people and I'm bad because I'm a nurse so mm-hmm. nurses are and doctors can be the worst they sometimes they just totally dismiss their symptoms as oh it's just something but I'm really hyper aware of of my um of my health yeah. and it. it I, I have health related anxiety. Right. Which is um is something that can, can drive you up a wall. Like I don't I, I have like I don't get how people are hypochondriacs or, or have Munchausen's. I understand it. I understand the psychology behind it, but I don't ever want to be sick. I don't right. want to have <laughs> issues. I don't want to pretend to have issues. I want to be better. I want homeostasis like everybody else does. But yeah. anyway, um, there have been things that have helped me out besides my fantastically wonderful, beautiful family that put up with me on a regular basis. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty great. And, it's, it, and the things that have been actually helping me out are being able to sit and play video games with my wife and being able to listen to music, um, uh, listen to, you know, read and stuff and how are you finding that as a way to like um because i mean it's always entertainment right so like we're, we're, right. we're not necessarily talking about just what is the entertainment value of the things that we're fans of because we are i mean we know that obviously um but like how are you finding it to be more than that like as as a therapeutic thing or something that's helping you like specifically dealing with like the the challenges that we're dealing with now being stuck inside worried about your health just seeing the world go crazy like how is it uh for you how's it helping you get through and like what are you specifically well, finding what works well let me tell you since i since i um we had a discussion about this last week full disclosure um since one of the days here a couple of weeks ago when i wasn't feeling when i was feeling probably at my worst um i sat down uh with a, a japanese cookbook uh that i have 
and I watched this show on Netflix called Japanese Style Originator. I think that's what it's called. Okay. I think that's the the, the uh, name of it. But they uh, they basically tell it's, it's basically a Japanese history lesson. They teach you about things that happened in the city. They go over even things like machinery, cooking, and stuff like that. And it's 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 it, I, I mentioned that because it's not in the realm of video games and comics and stuff like that. Huh. But it still had therapeutic effects on me. And there is a, a fandom that I have for the country itself, not only, you know, the food, but the culture. And yeah, like you're, so, I know you're interested in the history and, and a lot of right. things like that. I, I, I like a lot of history worldwide, but specifically Japan. I, I enjoy the history behind a lot of the things that, that, that they have to offer culturally. But mm-hmm. It's it's I, I, only reason I mentioned that is because it, we here at Glitchy Pancakes don't con- just consider video games, comics, and things like that, you know, fan in the realm yeah. of fandom because there are people who enjoy cooking in the realm. Oh of yeah, yeah, have a fan before and gardening or making furniture right, or learning right. about you know uh, the, the history of Estonia or just whatever. It's it's basically just whatever. Office. Right. Whatever you can totally geek out about, like whatever your particular right. thing is, because that that's kind of I feel like that's sort of what we're talking about here with with fandom uh, as therapy is that right. it's, it's being able to immerse yourself in something. And what for a lot of people, it's you know it's a, it's the world of a video game or of a of a book or a comic or movies or whatever because that those are kind of easy. You know, someone has created a world for you that you can jump into and just escape right. for a while. And I've right. always been of the opinion that, you know, some people will, will talk about, oh, well, this this type of literature or this type of whatever is just escapism. Like, what the hell's wrong with escapism? Escapism is great nothing, when you need when you need nothing, to escape. <laughs> um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with escapism. But we back back to what I was saying. I like how far oh because uh, I want to transfer this over to you in just a second. Yeah. Um the, the it, 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 I didn't think about my stomach hurting. I didn't think about my back hurting. I didn't think about anything when I could sit and, and watch it, and and it really had that calming effect on me. Um, it wasn't a hundred dollar, whatever dollar an hour therapist, right? It was something that was extremely simple that I really enjoyed putting my focus into that made made me feel physically better for for just that moment and um me and you were discussing that there are times where people actually get to 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 have that quote unquote therapeutic effect it has that therapeutic effect on us and yeah. and in this time particularly we need those things and i think that this this um Pandemic is going to actually create an entire genre or generation of of people who is it's boosted content creation. Oh yeah, for uh, for everyone, and it just extended that 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 family of fandom. Yeah, and that's another. You mentioned the family of it. That's another big part of it too, is because uh, even if it's even if it's something that you're doing as sort of a solitary thing. Um, it still is connecting you to the shared like ideas of whatever it is that you're reading. And if you're, you know, most people are on some form of social media, at least um, every once in a while, or, 
you know, doing, you know, we do our weekly Zoom calls, for, uh, the happy hours for uh, for multiverse, just get everybody together right. and talk. And that, like, especially right now, but even just generally speaking, that that connection with a group of like minded people, you know, mm-hmm. the urge to identify and feel like part of a group and to feel accepted as part of a group, I, I think, is one of our most primal instincts. It's, it's really, yes. it's a hugely driving factor for pretty much everyone's psychology and it, as we've seen a lot it can go very wrong if people get hooked oh, yeah. up with with dangerous uh, identities and dangerous groups but uh that's why this is this is so useful because it's always a good thing i mean that's what we love about conventions and about um you know like online groups playing online video games and stuff is just the connection with people because we're absolutely psychologically built to need that i mean we have to have it and then we're not getting any of that uh right now like most people are just completely cut off from that and so it's necessary now more than ever and it's it's kind of the easiest way and one of the best ways to to keep that connection going with other people is to i mean you've got an automatic conversation starter if there's a you know a movie that you like or a book that's coming out or an anime that you're into you can join fan groups and things like that. And you've already got, you know, even if you're a shy person or not that talkative or whatever, you can just jump right in because you already have a conversation topic that everybody involved cares about. It's just, it's such an easy way to connect. And I think that's why it's, it's being so, so helpful and so therapeutic for people right now, despite the fact that there are a lot of practical issues out there with like comic books, not being able to be distributed for a while and, you know, conventions having to cancel and stuff like that. You know, people are adapting. And that's, yeah, they are. They yeah, are. I mean, and, and go ahead, you good? Oh, just uh, I was going to say we we'll, we'll keep it up. We find ways to keep it up, and right. it's, it's a little strange that first time getting on the you know a Zoom call just for a you know online happy hour to meet up with some folks, and you, know, you just kind of don't know like okay, this is what do we do here? But man, you just you know, get into it so quickly. So that's I would encourage anybody that's really feeling isolated and feels the need to connect. Um, a lot of times, which can manifest as like you need it, but you're not consciously thinking about the fact that you need it. So you might just be feeling, you know, stuck to your couch. Um, and if you can, if you can manage to connect with some folks online, you know, just look up a, look up a group for whatever your favorite thing is, or find a convention group, find people that are doing online D and D campaigns or, you know, whatever, just whatever your thing is, there's probably people out there right now who need it the same way that you do that you can link up with and, you know, get some of that interaction, even from a distance. Right. Right. And it's, it, 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 you're absolutely right. It's something that, um, I think and with zoom, um, by the way, we're not sponsored by zoom, but we can be, come on. Zoom. <laughs> we are not. Yeah. Zoom, hit us up. Hit, hit us up zoom. But, um, I like it. I, I enjoy it. Um, it's fun. Everyone gets to kind of, like you said, be together, but not really be together. This is not the first time, Something like this has been brought up, brought about, you know, people are in group chats all the time, you know, uh, people Skype each other all the time. But Zoom is, is something a little bit different, um, particularly in the, in the climate that we're, we're in right now. And I think for certain that a lot of people are going to come out of this a little bit better. And I honestly think that once once this is, 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 is kind of over and done with, um, however, it's going to be over and done with. Uh, there's there's going to be an explosion in in businesses as well that provide people with other people. Well, I've I've had several ideas for businesses, companionship style businesses, or you know group friend finder style businesses. 
mm-hmm. connecting people. You know how dating websites are connecting yeah. people with fandom. And yeah. um, I think it'd be, I mean, it, it, what we would do is you would have scouts go out to test these people and talk to them and stuff like that and see if they're a good match. And then literally match you with friends because we have, we, we're, we're in that spot now. We're in the yeah, social media spot now where it's becoming a little impersonal. People forget mm. that they're talking to other people right? online. And so I think once they start, because of what's happening now, they're going to have a hunger to, to talk to fleshy faces and not computer screens <laughs> and, yep. not, and not cell phone screens. And and everybody's kind of feeling that now. They, they, they forgot that they wanted it. And I think they're now going to want it more. And that in itself is therapeutic. That helps you with the human connection. Yeah. And I think that's true. Like people are going to like see more of the value of actually hanging out with people in person. But I think there's also a a separate, there's like two paths that this is going down at the same time because there's also, uh, we we managed (laughs) to like, it's forcing people to mix up in different ways than they have before. Like I know on our, like our weekly happy hour calls that I keep bringing up, uh, like we had on this, this past Friday, you were on there and we had a bunch of folks on there, which, um, there were four or five people that I've never met before. There's uh, one dude, Ooh. you know, joined from California. He's just part of our Facebook right. group. And um, it, it's people that I, I, I think probably at least half the folks on that call, I may never have directly interacted with before. And I don't know when right. I would have in the future necessarily, but this yes. is, you know, we got into interesting conversations and that's like, you know, we're mixing it up in ways that we didn't necessarily it's people are being put together just based on scheduling and timing and what they're comfortable with and meeting up in ways that they might not necessarily have actually bumped into each other before or had the, you know, they might've been too shy to do it or whatever. So it's being good. It's definitely shaking things up. Um, and it's helping us to, yeah, exactly. And it's also helping us to build like, to um, just build the community because that aspect of it, of of it feeling like a group that you're really a part of, it it helps with that because this is the kind of thing that, I mean, we don't have to stop doing this whenever, you know, everything's safe again and we have a vaccine and, you know, in-person conventions can happen again. We don't have to quit doing this. I mean, we're having fun doing it. We might as well keep this kind of thing going and let people, various random people just jump in and be part of the group from a safe distance if that's what they're comfortable with. And, I mean, a lot of this is just going to become normal now. I think it's, in my opinion, it should be kind of expected. Like for a convention that happens once a year, for example, why not have you know ways for people to stay connected the rest of the year round, not just on their own, but you know facilitate something. It's not that hard to do, right? I mean, it's it's gonna sure it's gonna create a few multiverse factions, but. It wouldn't be a multiverse <laughs> if it didn't have its own factions. We, <laughs> well, yeah, it kind of already is, but we got the different, like we have right. the different mascots and people divide up along those lines. So we're just, right. we just have to keep the weapons ban in place. And uh, that's, know, right. Sure that, that's right. That's <laughs> right. If, sure if they do, doesn't... it has to be, it has to be like right. SCA ruled, rattan, padded, foamed weapons. Nerf. Oh, yeah, peace bonded, all that stuff. We gotta, right, yeah, right. It's got to be safe. Yeah, we, we have to make sure that, you know, make sure we specifically outlaw dueling. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Any sort of, uh, you know, any sort of actual physical combat. We're not going to have, a, you know, we can't have the faction start. We can't have it devolve into a sort of Lord of the Flies or Lord of the Krakens or Werewolves or whatever. And, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, you're right, that it's going to be, like, 
you're, there might be some factionalization, but that's just that happens as any community grows. Oh no, I want it to naturally. Style. I want it to naturally happen because with with factions, you have fandom. And yes, it's, it's got to be good natured factions. Exactly, and if it's if it's connected to multiverse, it's gonna be good natured because we're good natured con. Yeah, I mean, we, you that's know, what we, we do. Right, we try to have that the culture of of respect for everyone and, and you know general positivity, so that we don't turn into. I, I'm not gonna call out any particular fandoms, but there are some that you know have very strong opinions about what should or shouldn't have been done in certain books or movies and what should or should not be canon or who should be allowed you to You may not call canon. them out, <laughs> but I fucking will. You may not call them out, but I'll call every last one of them. They could put my name That's on fair. the list. That's fair. I don't, I don't care because they are. some of them can be real, real mean. mean you know what? You're and, right. And, yeah. and outright, outright nasty to other people because they don't Agree with them? I've, I've, yeah, we're talking I've, about Star Wars, right? <laughs> we're talking, we're about, talking about all Star of the baby. Wars, <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about all of the baby because, man, yeah. I tell you what, I've 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 um I've had my battles in different fandoms with different people um on a regular basis. Some people I really really respect who just don't agree with me with some things, and of course those conversations are very respectful yeah, because we both enjoy. Fine. And you, you 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 need to be respectful when you enjoy things like that. When you enjoy Star Wars, the whole you grew up with it, it's in your childhood, it's in your blood. When you enjoy it, it's okay to be critical of it. I yeah. think it's perfectly fine to be critical of it because it's something that you, you expect from things. On the other end of that sword, on the other blade of that sword, you have to also understand the logistics behind doing it. If you can't sit down and 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 look at a budget that a movie has and mm. and look at the breakdown of that budget and look at you know the the entire like the works of of the people that are involved with it then you you won't gain an understanding of what's happening with it you you won't do it so you're going to be mad you're going to be upset you're going to be pissed off and you're going to be like I hate this or I don't like that without mm-hmm. context and you, right you really can't truly call yourself a fan if you don't understand the context yeah, and people love to armchair quarterback that shit too, don't they? Like they, they they love to sit back and say, you know, after someone's been working on a script and a director's been directing a movie and they've been working on this for, you know, two what? and a half years and it's just a massive, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars investment and a gigantic production in seventeen different yes. countries, and then you yes. got you know people want to sit back and be like, well, they should have just done this. Like, okay, well, right, where exactly? Like, I get it. Okay, have your opinions about it. Think what you want about how you think the story could have been better. Let that be JC. a suggestion for how you think it might have gone. But no, JC, s- mm. just say it. Just, you- just say. It. Just you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Be <laughs> yeah. quiet. Stop being a jerk. And and mm-hmm. and and understand what's happening here, Jess. Just just tell them, Jess. You you, you being nice, Jesse. Tell them. <laughs> tell I their asses. Nice, you're right. <laughs> you tell their asses that what they're doing, they need to reevaluate their, their what they're saying because there's no logic behind it. Absolutely no logic right. behind it. And see, well, it's not the. I'm being fairly nice to the armchair quarterbacks and to the people who have their own strong particular opinions and the ones that can get a little huffy about what they wanted to see. I'm being nice to them because those I'm, right. I, I'm in my head. They're people who express their opinions in a somewhat reasonable way. What I'm getting I, I around expect, to, I that. 
what I'm getting around to, and without having to mention all of the you know racist and misogynist yes, people like that that right. love to jump in and have opinions about we don't who should about and that. shouldn't play certain roles Fuck and them. who should be able to write this or that right. and. That's just straight bullshit. Um, but then there's also folks that that are this. It's the fucking gatekeepers, man. Those are the ones that piss me oh off the worst God. because the the people. Okay, just for in case anybody's listening and don't not necessarily know what I mean by that term, gatekeepers are mm-hmm. the people you've probably encountered uh, online before who feel like they are the only ones who understand how a particular thing is to be appreciated. That there's right. only one way to like it. There's only one reason to like it. And you have to right. have liked it for a certain amount of time, or you don't count as a fan, or you have to be this type of person, or you don't count as a fan. It's straight horseshit. And it's, it's frustrating to see that because all you're doing is you're not making yourself look good. You're not like making yourself right. look knowledgeable. You're making yourself look like an asshole and you're excluding right. people that you could, you know, we were talking about, you know, having a community feeling like part of a group, you're pushing away and excluding people who could be part of that group and could be like people that you'd want to know just because, you know, these folks feel like they have, they have the right somehow to, you know, keep the gate and decide who's a real fan and who's not. And that's why, our whole philosophy with, you know, who's a fan and who's not is fuck gatekeeping. If do you like the, like our only test is, do you like the thing that you like? Okay, cool. Then you pass the test. That's, you know, it doesn't matter why you like it or how long you've been into it or whether or not you've ever seen an episode of star Trek or never seen a star Wars. It doesn't matter. Are you interested in it now? Would you like to know something about it? Then yeah, come on in. There's no one way to experience or enjoy things. And it's just, it's the most arrogant shit for people to try to, they're trying to talk like they somehow are the arbiters of what's acceptable as a fan that goes entirely counter to what we're talking about with fandom as a community and as a therapeutic pursuit. That's, that's what pushes people away from it. Do you know how many people, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a little rant here. Um, No, you look so. (laughs) All right. So there's a, with the take dungeons and dragons um there's a great yes. group around here around atlanta atl dnd um one of our directors jacob is one of the co-founders of that and they do all these really cool events uh or, well before they weren't allowed to anymore because of the pandemic they would do all these great events for like beginners people that were interested in dnd because it's had a big resurgence the last uh you know the last several years and uh there are a lot of a lot of people interested in it now that didn't really know much about it before. So they do these, like, are you new to it? Then here's the basics of being a DM. Here's the basics of how to create a campaign. Here's how to write a character sheet. They did some specific events on like, um, you know, uh, uh, women who want to be part of it, women and girls who want to learn Mm -hmm. more about it. And that one really resonated and got a lot of people into it because there are so many women and girls who tried to play D and D and were just as interested as their male counterparts when they were young and got immediately right. shut out because of these gatekeeping dickweeds that just decided this, oh, well, you're a girl, you can't play with us. And now it's it sounds like I'm talking about little boys. It sounds like I'm talking about little boys in a clubhouse. No, this, this, I'm talking about like 35 year olds saying you can't right. play with us because you're a girl. Right. Um, right. So what they've done is like, there's, there's like a whole generation of really excellent players and DMS who can contribute a ton to the, the Dungeons and Dragons community um, with, especially with all the different ways there are now to get things out there, you know, like online campaigns and just in writing, writing source books and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a whole generation of them that just got shut out of it because they got pushed away and they're like, all right, screw that. That's just, that's a place where that that's a game that assholes play. It sounds like a cool game, yes. but these yes. guys suck. So I don't want any part yeah. of it. Um, so yeah, like that's, you know, 
that's why gatekeeping sucks. You're ruining the community. Stop doing it. And, you know, start just accepting that if people like things, let them like things. I let them play. I've, I've had to more times than not reintroduce people to things mm-hmm. because of asshole gatekeepers. I've had yeah. to reintroduce people to anime. I've had to reintroduce people to, to comics. I've had to reintroduce people to characters in comics because of gatekeepers. I've had to reintroduce mm-hmm. people to Sherlock Holmes because of wow. shitty gatekeeping, shitty gatekeepers. And, that, and it doesn't have to be that way. Like it can it be doesn't such make a any good sense. community. It's Sherlock Holmes. It's yeah. But there, who, who, who's, but there are people, there are people who, who think that they know the best way to interpret something that's already laid out on paper for you. Mm-hmm. It's it the it's it's in the words what this yeah. means, what kind of it's in the it's it's in the words why he doesn't waste his brain power on things that he considers not important when he needs to fill it with 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 knowledge on chemicals and poisons and it's not it's not hard to figure that out. Mm-hmm. It's right there. But it, it it goes back. To, I think it, I think it really just kind of goes back to to ridiculous human interpretations of things that are already right there. If 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 it's art and it and it's something that you need to see and everyone takes something from it, that's different. And most people who understand that don't argue over art. Right. They don't. It's argue just the people it, who feel like who have this undeserved sense of ownership. Like they they feel like that because they it's, it's experienced human. it that they own it now and they can and they're supposed to they feel entitled it's such a huge sense of entitlement to, to feel like that it's, they can they have some say in how it should be written or how it should be portrayed or how it should be appreciated it's, it's so arrogant. ego it's ego and hubris and it, hubris and it goes it goes into it goes into it, it's it's the poison in fandom it's one of the poisons. In fandom, besides you know the other isms and misogyny, sexism, ageism, racism, mm-hmm. those particular things, which I really don't want to even waste time talking about. We all not, know they not suck. today. We'll have episodes we'll about this. <laughs> we will have we will have episodes about it, and I will be roasting some marshmallows while I'm roasting some assholes. Nice, but but we and maybe cooking some pancakes at the same time, but. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. This, this is it, it's 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 something that needs to stop. It's something it that hurts the, hurts the community that they want to be a part of. So if they can understand that what they're doing is not helping but only hurting the situation, then you would hope that they would stop. But no, they don't. <laughs> well, and it, it especially matters. Yeah, they do. And it especially matters right now because like the whole point of what we're talking about today is is about how we can use our fandoms as therapy via just the entertainment of the thing itself right. or because of the community of people that also enjoy the things that we like. And like you said, that's that's the poison in it is people being uh, people being gatekeepers and people being of various isms and, and screwing it up. So. And like you said, they don't seem – it's it's hard to get through to people like that. So um, what we can talk about is uh, some ways that to, to make that better. Like what can we actually do to help that out? Um, like ATLD&D that I mentioned earlier, they're doing some really good stuff because they're very, very welcoming to newbies in Dungeons yeah. & Dragons. Um, no, you mentioned Sherlock. That uh, that's ATLD&D. Uh, a- at do ATLD. they have a website? Yeah, I think they're at ATLDND.com. 
Um, I know you can find them on Twitter and stuff. Oh, really good folks. Um, nice, nice. So that, and you mentioned Sherlock too. One of the things that has been done to partially rehabilitate that fandom is um, our friends started Two Twenty One B Con here in Atlanta. Oh, um, I want to go, dude! Oh, they, I it's go so much you. fun. Oh. Um, we, we've been to it a couple of times, and oh, it is gosh. just the most like it is the nicest bunch of people. Everyone just gets along great. It's a wonderful community. It's put on mm-hmm. by great people. Um, and we try to do a lot of this at multiverse too. Like we have just, we create an intentionally welcoming environment. It doesn't matter if you're an old fan or a new fan or where you come from. So I think that's the best thing that, that like fans can do in general is seek out things like that to be a part of and support the things that mm-hmm. are actually trying to do fandom, uh, in a way that is more open and welcoming to people and a lot less toxic. Um, search for those things and we'll try to talk about them on here too. So people can get some suggestions on where to go to find them. Holy um, shit, dude! What? If they're the gatekeepers, we're the key masters. <laughs> nice. We <gotta> do <laughs> <some of that. laughs> if they're the gatekeepers, uh, we're the key masters. That's very right. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Um, so yeah, that's 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 something that that can be done. Like, and that's a that's that's trying to turn a battleship. You know, it'll take a long time, right. but I think oh, yeah. with an there are enough enough people that really want to be a part of these communities and want them to be better. That just seeking out the communities that are doing it the right way or trying to do it the right way and support those and shit, starve the rest of them for oxygen. Just don't give them your time. Yeah. Don't don't let them thrive. Um, let that fire die out. Let yeah, die exactly. Out. Um, and then, so we also were, we were going to talk about like uh, all those things that we like. It's important to remember that these were all created by creative people. And right. that's what gets forgotten a lot of the time is that there are people that put their, you know, heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears into making these things that we enjoy so much. And a lot of them are really taking a hit right now because they're not able to sell their stuff in the way that they normally would. Um, plus, you know, a lot of them have lost day jobs and things like that. A lot of them are relying on their creative income at this point. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's rough for a lot of folks. And I know that that probably applies to a lot of, a lot of people that, uh, might be listening to that. You may not, you may not really have the ability to financially help support those folks. Um, there are things that you can do. Yes. Um, if you actually can go and find like whoever your, your friends are, or the, uh, you know, the authors that you like, the artists, they've right. all got stuff for sale i promise you <laughs> um yeah they're you, you can find them or ask them if you have to just be like hey was it, you got anything out for sale right now what do you what's coming up like what would help you out and you get something they get something um it's just important to remember they probably need it right now so if you have the means to buy more art and buy more books and subscribe to more things or do go on people's patreons or whatever um if you have the means to do that now would be a really good time and from what i'm hearing from a lot of folks every little bit helps you can always street team for these people too. I mean, you have a Facebook page, you have social media, you can place your place their books and you can place their artwork on your page. You can send put links for their websites. You can get them uh, coffees. You can if you can support them in any way like that, you can do that. You can go to uh, Amazon. You can review their works because yes, it helps get reviews them numbers up. You can review works in other places because it helps them get their numbers up, mm-hmm. get their views looked at, make they start to come up top. They, they they start to climb a little bit more and more and more and more on that Google search list when you when you put their information in and just share 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 share. And because there is one of your friends that might have an extra five or ten to fifteen bucks to buy or get something that might be interested in it, so you're creating new fandom. You're creating new therapeutic situations 
and you're mm-hmm. you're starting to do something that the gatekeepers have not been doing, and that's cycling that good the goodness that yes. is fandom. You're cycling it out. And Circulate you're, you're the goodness people. through the system. Right. Get, get that get that fresh, good, healthy right. blood flowing through. Absolutely. And, and it keeps everybody happy, healthy, and alive. It really does. Yeah. So that's I wanted to touch on something that, that you talked about there, um, that which are ways that people can support. Um, I know this this is specific to uh to authors, ways that you can support writers that you like, um, if even if you don't have a dollar to spend on it. The, those reviews, you're absolutely right, because uh, especially on Amazon and Goodreads, uh, those right. two in particular, they are algorithmic and how often people will see, like you said, how often people will see that book come up in, in the suggestions has a lot to do with whether or not that book has reached a threshold of a certain right. number of reviews. So That's if right. you go on there and and just leave, I mean, short review, just give it, you know. Five stars, really enjoyed this, great characters, done. You know, it takes a couple minutes and that and a handful of those can bump them up over that threshold and start getting their right. book really disseminated to a lot really, of people. Right. When that, it, it, when from that, what I've heard, it makes a big difference. And it does. When that when that Amazon page pops up and it's in your suggestions, it goes into other people's suggestions that your friend it really and it pop it pops, you know, that page pops up and it gives you like book recommendations. It really does help them. It really does. Uh-huh. And there's another way too, which is that like you, you can do that. That's free. And then uh, also a lot of people don't know this about how libraries work. Like a lot of people who are fans of, of authors will think, well, I just, I don't have the money to buy your book. I, and I'm sorry for checking it out from the library. Authors love libraries because the libraries yep. buy those copies. Um, mm-hmm. They buy a certain number of copies or in the case of digital books, they buy uh, the rights to a certain number of licenses. And so the authors get paid when, when their book yep. is at a library. So one thing you can do is uh, increase the demand for it. If there's a book, an author that you particularly like, call your library, call your local library, call a few of them. If you have to, they don't know where you live um, and ask, like request a particular book, get the, get the books for, uh, that you like from the authors you like on these libraries lists, they'll order them. The authors get paid and you didn't spend anything and you get to read the book for free. So yep. Um, yeah, libraries and reviews. That's two of the biggest things you can do. And another thing that's not necessarily offering financial support to them, but it helps with a signal boost. And it's just a nice thing to do. Go on to their Twitter feed or their Facebook page or whatever, you know, and this goes for any kind of creator that you're enjoying their stuff. Just go on there and say something nice. Just tell them, Hey, I just finished your book or I just read your comic. It was really cool. You know, gave me a boost, whatever nice thing you have to say about it. If you got bad stuff to say about it, then, you know, maybe, maybe keep your mouth shut about that because nobody needs to hear it. But if you got nice things to say, (laughs) go put something nice out there. It really does. These are people on the other end of those social media accounts and, that it really can make a huge difference to them. A lot of them are struggling right now. And um, I mean, you can do that for anybody. We're just kind of focused on fandom and creators uh, today, but go say something nice about what, the, you know, the music they made or the art they made or whatever that it, it really can, it can save the day for, for a lot of them. It can change the whole tempo of what they're doing. Right. It's, it's something that's really important and, and it really, uh, it continues the, the, entertainment and enjoyment for you it keeps mm-hmm. them it, ha- it keeps their bills paid mm-hmm. and they continue they can continue to create more content for us so it's yes. it's i mean it's, it's a win-win situation it's not it's a win-win situation it is yeah it's just it's a great thing to do so you got any um before we uh, we got a few more minutes left but um you got any particular things you've been uh enjoying like this past uh past couple of weeks you want to throw out there and recommend to people 
No, this past couple of weeks have been hell because I've been working <laughs> on trying to figure out how to do this podcast without sounding right. like a complete idiot and, and, and trying to come up with the best ideas and, and researching how this works and really kind of diving into podcasting in general. Um, uh-huh. uh, I'm just kidding. It hasn't been hell. I mean, other than like having <laughs> my stomach issues and, and my neurotic anxiety, um, uh-huh. it's been it's been good. My wife is off for a few days extra um, that she doesn't usually normally get off. It may, That's great. It's, it's worth it. I enjoy seeing her beautiful face every day. Uh, she probably doesn't enjoy hearing my loud ass mouth every day, but <laughs> I appreciate my kids and my wife putting up with me. Um, just being able to kind of relax and, and, and feeling a little bit better helps. But uh-huh. as far, as far as, 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 fandom goes i've been Uh um looking up books that i normally would not have read oh yeah we had talked about that find something you didn't know existed before right and and i found out that i am going to die without reading them all because there's just too fucking many now see i love that I do. To, I love to me, it too. That's good news. That means you'll never I run love it out. Too. I love it too. But it wish it, it makes me wish for immortality. I, yes, I, I love it, it too. Does. But I wish I wish for immortality because I want to read all the things. Yeah, I want to read all the. I want to read all the things. I want to watch all the things, and I, I, I'm happy that my kids are going to be able to experience it, and hopefully everything keeps up. You know, where, where we can continue to, to transfer data to our ancestors to well to to. Not our ancestors, our descendants. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? I, I didn't descendants. even catch it, <laughs> right? And I would have, I wouldn't have caught it if I didn't stop and say that sounds stupid. Fix it. <laughs> our descendants, our descendants, so they can, you know, read all the things. Maybe not all of them. You know what I'm saying? Some computer is out there reading all the things, and I'm hoping that computer enjoys the shit out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, they can the, sum the, it up for us are, later. Right, those are the things that I've been doing. I am fucking waiting on this game to come out in two months, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh yeah, um, it is all the things Japanese nerd that I love so much. I'm refusing to use a few phrases to describe myself mm-hmm. because those those phrases have become derogatory in some communities, so I will not use gotcha. them. Um, but I I it, I get to play I, I get to play what essentially is a Akira Kurosawa film in it black and white amazing. with film gradient. I'm going to play the first one in black and white with film gradient, unless there's some reason for me to have to unlock something or buy the gradient. But damn, damn, damn. I cannot wait till this game comes out. It looks I so good. Would love if someone created a series that was a samurai epic that showed wars and things like a live action series. I would kill for that. Uh-huh. Like today, I would kill. That would be nice. But that's the game I'm waiting for. Uh-huh. I cannot wait to get it. I'm going to stream it. I'm going to talk about it a lot in the podcast in oh, yeah. the future. So just we'll be just playing it at the same time, probably. Yes, we will be playing it. Maybe we should get together and and just stream it together and watch it yep. or something, or and go back and play. We could we could all get like dual stream on Mixer or something. That Ooh, is yeah. possible. I'll I'll show you, you how to tell me how all that works. Yeah, I have no <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah. We'll, we'll do all of that, and we can have like a little little glitchy po- podcast stream. And, uh, yeah, yeah, a little and, something uh, on the side. <laughs> right, right. And this will be recorded. We can put it on YouTube later of us just bullshitting with alcohol in our systems, playing Ghost of Tsushima, just walking around samurai and ninja the shit out of people. 
I am loving this idea, words. and the only problem I have with this idea <laughs> is that it's not currently happening. It's happening right now, right? It's yeah. not happening right now. That's the only bad <laughs> thing about this idea, is that we have to wait. We yeah, have to wait that's the only it. downside. <laughs> well, but I got a couple... You, I, I had made note of a couple of uh, a couple of things I've enjoyed the past couple of weeks. Um, yes. One of them was I watched the... Um, I don't think I talked about this on the last one. I watched this, the miniseries Devs, D-E-V-S, on Hulu. Dude, I, dude we've seen... we. Dude, we're on the last episode. We haven't watched the last episode yet. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> it is fantastic. It's, it's, it's for oh, anybody yeah. who wants to check it out. It's, I think, what is it, eight, ten episodes? It's um, yes. it's really atmospheric, really gorgeously shot and designed, stop. high concept stop. science fiction. Stop. You have to stop. No, you have to stop. All right, you have to all stop. Right. You have to stop. Because the only reason you have to stop because it has to be experienced. Am You're I right. right. Okay, well, let me, let me switch gears then. It's directed yes. by Alex go. Garland. Um, uh-huh. Who directed some of my favorite stuff? Um, Twenty eight days later, days uh, later. Yeah, well, yeah, Sunshine, yeah. Yes. Um, Ex Machina, which I think is one of the mm-hmm. best science fiction movies oh, of the last ten years. Um, Whitney watched Ex Machina and she fucking loved Ex Machina. Oh yeah, yeah. So that uh, so that's who's that's who's behind it, and it stars Nick Offerman in a serious role. Uh, you know Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. So and he does an amazing job. Um, anyway, that's that's absolutely worth a watch. I'm uh, in terms of what I'm reading, I am still I'm finishing up Empress of Forever by Max Gladstone, which is really just pretty kick ass. I mentioned it in the in the last episode, so I won't get too much into it right now. Um, I'm also rereading something that for therapeutic effect, because this was something <laughs> I found when I was about eight years old in my school library. And it's my favorite oh, book of all time. Oh the Phantom God. Tollbooth. The Phantom Tollbooth. <laughs> yeah. The, the one know, I gave it, back to you. The yeah, you just you gave me back that copy that Richie <laughs> read, read, and uh, <laughs> I, well, I had to. I got it back. I was like, man, I've probably I reread that book ten times. I but knew for, you were going to reread it. I knew it as soon oh, yeah. as I gave it back to you. I was like, he's going to reread this shit. Well, he, see, it was, and it actually is. I mean, it's a portal fantasy story, right. and it is one of the. It's the thing that really. I mean, I was reading a lot prior to finding that one, and I loved uh, you know the Chronicles of Narnia and a few other things, but that was really the first one that kicked off where I was like, I just felt like I needed to read constantly ever since then because it just. I think it's one of the best children's books ever. It's this really clever, like full of wordplay and puns. And it's this kind of wild portal fantasy that it's just, I don't know. It's, it's an experience and it's still, I mean, it's just as fun to read now as it was when I was eight years old. And I don't think I've ever had a better, like more relaxing and satisfying experience from reading a book ever since then. It's fantastic therapy. So if you've never read that, it doesn't matter that it's a kid's book. You can read it for yourself. The Phantom Toll Booth by Norton Juster. And if you have read it, or if you don't, if you don't feel like reading a kid's book or whatever, if you got kids, get it for your kids that you will not regret it. They'll be happy that you, they got to experience that as kids. So that's, that's all the recommendations I got right now. I guess we can uh, probably get on out of here and let people get back to their lives, but hopefully it's been a little helpful for some folks. I'm going to hold on to their souls for a little bit longer. Okay. (laughs) I just want to say this Um, while we have it here, while, while, while we're here, Mm -hmm. um, I like to um, thank you for your time. This is enjoyable. Yeah. I like to thank everyone who's listening for their time. This is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And um, we really hope you enjoyed your nice heaping, helping, 
of Gucci pancakes. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah, seriously, thanks everybody for uh, everybody who's listening for taking the Thank time to hang out much. with us a little bit. It gives us a reason to to talk, and hopefully, you get a little little bit of entertainment out of it. If you have suggestions or things you'd like to see us do, or ideas, comments, whatever, um, you can send them to our email, which is cakespod c a k e s p o d at gmail. Um, We'll be setting up social media and stuff like that uh, eventually. For now, if you got anything you want to talk to us about, just send us an email at cakespod at gmail. And uh, I guess we're going to get on out of here, huh, Rob? Yeah, we're going to get on out of here. All I, right. Uh, I had fun. This was yep. a, a, a good little ditty. Yeah, yeah. I, will, I like uh, it. Hope you are enjoying your fandom as therapy. And please give us some feedback. Again, yes. at cakespod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. We're out of here. See everybody later. Bye.